and welcome to the Bartow Jackie Breakdown Podcast. I am your host, Cole, and I'm here with my co-host slash dad, Jason, and producer, Jen. And today we have a special guest in the studio. Yes, we have a special guest. But before we get to that, we want to thank our the sponsors that make this show possible. Holiday Inn Express and Bartow, Crosswired Electrical Services, Evolve Lawn and Landscape, Excellence Realty, Elaine Sanders, and Jen. And don't forget to go like all of their Facebook pages. And uh, don't forget about Live and Love Local Bartow. Um, if you go to their page and mention that you heard about our podcast, uh, it is a weekly drawing for a free dinner uh, in one of the Main Street restaurants. And go like all of the Facebook pages. They're supporting us and what we're doing for the community. So please support them and tell them that you are coming to them because you heard about us on the Bartow Jacket Breakdown podcast. All right, we got a special guest in the house, Mr. Bruce Edmond with WBF Radio, one of the voices of the Jackets. How you doing, sir? I'm doing wonderful, and uh, this is I'm great. Uh, feels great to be here. I uh, I've never done a podcast before. I've, I've been doing radio for for 15 years. Uh, coached for. Uh, about about 10 15 years before that and so uh i've been sports all my life uh but uh i know how to talk but this is the first time i'm, I'm talking to people face to face but i'm excited to be here we're happy oh, to have you happy to have you and and one of the reasons we started this um we were talking about it before we came on air is cole wanting to get into journalism and um, but another big reason is just to bring back the excitement of Bartow football and for the community. And I was explaining to Cole when I played in 93, 94, 95. And then when I was in middle school, that's all there was. It was, you looked forward to Friday nights. You know, when you were on the team, you went and read books at the school for the kids on Friday's game day. And those kids just lit up seeing you and the parades and all that. And I kind of felt like maybe it was a little bit of after I left and just didn't care as much anymore, but then coming back as an adult and, and um, I just didn't see the excitement, you know. So now that he's coming to the age of middle school and everything, I wanted to wanted him to have that excitement that I had as a youngster in Bartow. And with the two and zero start, it uh, it looks like we're on our way. And but COVID hit, and you can't have as many fans in the stands. But that you know that's where WBF and this podcast and you know doing kind of uh, the Facebook thing during the game and letting people know what the score is. It's just a way that we can, even though they can't make it to the game, we still can provide and uh, get that energy for the for the Bartow community. So I'm going to let Cole go ahead and take over and, and uh, start his interview. So I have a couple questions for you today. After two games and seeing the team last year, what seems to be the di- biggest difference between this year's team and last year's team? Uh, well, right away, I'm going to say size. Um, I, I, Every, every year um, in between seasons, you know, uh, well, I don't know if you know, but sports is now, it's 365 days a year. You, it's not just the four months of the season. And uh, so the softball team, the baseball team, the football team, they're all working uh, 365 days a year. That's why it's hard when kids get into high school. It's hard to play two and three sports. But if you're a good enough athlete, coaches are going to let you do it. Um, but... I know back when my boys were playing, back when you were playing, the biggest thing was in the summer, getting in the weight room and uh, having that jacket pride and everything. And and there was a there was a the yellow jacket. Uh, uh, oh man, I can't remember the name of the team. But if you didn't miss a day in the weight room, you were you were named to this team. And I know my boys were were named to it each year. There, I I definitely had them in. Uh, they were undersized. Uh, but they had speed and they were strong. But last year to this year, I see Lynn Johnson. He's grown another couple of inches. Uh, he, I, he's put on 20 pounds. And when he starts as a freshman, I don't know if y'all remember, but he was all floppy footed. He almost palmed the ball when he threw it. But he knew how to run the offense. He had he had the IQ. The IQ's there, right? And then last year he comes back and he's a little bit bigger. He's a little bit stronger and a little bit faster. And now this year you see everything starting to put together. He's just a junior. Yeah, That's and exciting. And yeah, and this cat, he is now 
probably 185 pounds, 6'2", 185 pounds, and he's throwing long balls. He threw the ball the other night, what, 60 yards on the run, overthrew his receiver, but he is throwing passes across the middle, hitting guys in stride. Getting back to your question, the biggest thing that I see, size. Maurice Bells put on another 20 pounds. The offensive line, you know, we had Barrett last year, and then we had all these little guys beside him. And um, now this year, I guess that line's probably going 230 to 250 across. Wow. Easy. And there is Coach Tate makes easy blocking schemes for them. There's not a lot of movement. You just uh, like a down block. You know, you down block, down block, down block, and then the running back hits the hole. Size. Uh, the defensive backs, they look bigger. They look stronger. And then you've got uh, guys like uh, uh, Dathan Davis that have come back from the basketball team, state winning championship team for Coach McGriff. And he is huge. I mean, he's 6'6 six, six and uh, 200 pounds. And uh, I, I just I think both on the offensive and defensive sides of the football, the line is what I see the biggest difference, offensive defensive line. I know it was a lot of talking. No, no that's, that's, that's perfect. That's what we're here perfect. for. And my second question is, my dad knows a lot about Coach Tate and Coach Rob pretty, pretty, pretty well. Coach Rob. Coach Rob, same thing. What can you tell us about the listen? What can you tell us and the listeners about the other coaches? Um, these are the coaches that that I know. I know Charlie Tate. Charlie Tate, his first year, you know, Charlie Tate is a head coach of Winter Haven. And, and Charlie, uh, his first year out of college, he came to Bartow. He lived in this tiny little apartment. His car didn't work. He rode a bicycle everywhere. I'm a senior. So we just piled up. We became great friends. And, and so I, I've got to watch Charlie's entire coaching career. And, and Charlie's done a magnificent job. I know uh, Coach Cornelius. I don't know a lot of the guys at Auburndale. But I, I do know that the coaching staff they put together there is is pretty good because Auburndale went from nothing and has really come back strong. They're a team like Tenorock. Tenorock has some of the greatest athletes you'll ever see, and they can't win a football game. And Mulberry, uh, uh, I don't like Mulberry, <laughs> but um, I, I think everybody that listens to Yellow Jacket football knows I, I'm not a fan of Mulberry. Um, but – uh, the 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 other coaches around there, uh, I know, uh, I, I've seen Malcolm Johnson, who was a player playing for us back on the uh, 06 team, which we went all the way to the state semifinals. Um, and uh, there's uh, there's a couple others, but I'm I'm not familiar a whole lot with the coaching staff. Now, what, the coaching staff of Barto? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I, I don't know the – I see two other gentlemen out there, and I'll, I'll get Coach Tate on one day, and he can, you know, introduce yeah, I, the I, other coaches. But i just wondering because I heard a lot about – the reason why um, – well, me and Cole were talking about the defensive backs. And I think I heard on the radio, I listened back to the podcast that WBF puts out of the game, and – I heard some talk about the defensive backs and how much improvement they've done. And I was wondering if, you know, there's one of those coaches on the side there. Coach one, Tate. It's Coach Tate. Coach Tate's been working with them. Okay. And and that was that was that was our weakness last year with the defensive backs. I mean, we just hemmed and hauled. Uh, uh, being being an old defensive coach, it just killed me to to be in a simple cover three. In a in a in a cover three, you've got you've got thirds of the field you got three defensive backs and the, and the rule is nobody gets behind you it's a simple rule so you keep everybody in front of you and we're getting burnt down the field and i'm like somebody needs to work with these guys mm. and somebody has and cole the last episode when we were talking about um coach tate and why i thought he was so special mm -hmm. and i said he's an old school coach you know you line up i put you in position we're going to keep it simple. You're going to line up, beat the man in front of you. And that's what Mr. Edmund was just talking about, about the blocking scheme and kind of keeping mm -hmm. it simple. But, you know, and we were talking, I don't know if you've heard it, but we were talking about, I love that he doesn't have a headset on. Yeah. And he's just out there, call to play, yeah. beat your man, yeah. let's go. That's, that's the cool. way Coach Quinn was back in back yeah. in the old school days. Can I tell a quick story yeah, about absolutely. Coach Tate? Um, you know, he started the program at Ridge, mm -hmm. right? 
And um, what he decided to do was he put all his best athletes down on the JV and took his lumps for a year on the varsity. And he coached both the JV and the varsity. And we had a pretty good JV team that year. And he just crushed us because he had all his athletes. And if we had an athlete, Killips was taking them. Right. You know, so we had to work and we had to teach, which uh, I love teaching. So that was great. But what, what he did was he brought that team together as a JV unit, taught them how to win, taught them how to play. And by the time they were juniors, they were in the playoffs two years later. Mm-hmm. That's how he started that program. Mm-hmm. Wow. Listen, I've heard, I've heard nothing but great things about Coach Tate. I actually um, know someone that graduated just a couple years ago. Um, I think he's 21 or 22 now. And he, Coach Tate, coached him. He said, "Man, that guy is the at, best." Where at? G- GJ George okay. Dickens. Yeah, I don't want to talk about any kids, but it was funny when I seen him at practice, and we had a little conversation about Lake Region, and uh, I'll leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't. Have you seen a team, a high school team? I, I no. If anybody from Lake Region is listening, I'm sorry. I, I told bless their heart that episode, but. They were bad. That was that was. They played with heart though, and they didn't. Well, give a couple up. of the kids played with heart, but yeah, it was. Um, the, the, I think the problem is nowadays it, at Lake Region is another team that's always had some athletes, mm-hmm. and but it's so easy to transfer now. Yes. If you're a good athlete, you're not going to play at Lake yeah. Region, and I feel so sorry for them because uh, they've never been able to put that program together, mm-hmm. and. Uh, now the way things are it's it's just looking even worse and and uh at some point you do start feeling bad for him especially that little boy at running back oh, oh my I god no they just kept running and running yeah. i'm like he's gonna be in in the in the ice tub tomorrow i think yeah. they lifted him up one time and just <laughs> but I, I you hit the nail on the head there with them being so close to the other you know schools that they can actually yeah and that that's something that is really hurt there's two things that hurt high school well sports in general competitive ball has really hurt the youth programs the recreational leagues early on and then this transfer situation you know with and and a little bit of it with the ib and the summerland you know you're bringing kids in from winter haven eagle lake and and where they can come but also the academies well yeah but like my daughter went to the Goodwill first shop and then she came home with an Adidas George Jenkins. I said, what are you doing? She was playing for Barton. I said, what are you doing? That's pretty. She's yeah. like, well, I like it. It's Adidas. And I said, but it's George Jenkins. She's like, I, it was a dollar. I was like, I don't care. Why are you wearing those colors? Like, there's, it's just not there anymore. <laughs> don't get me started on Jenkins. I, I mean, I, I, I may not be able to broadcast anymore if I get started on Jenkins. Um, but... Uh, yeah, it, it's 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 just a it's just a weird system, and you know Bartow, the way I feel now, we can play with anybody: baseball, softball, soccer, anything. But football's a different deal, and we're way up with the Lakelands and the Kathleen's and the Winter Havens now, and we should always be where Lake Wales is. But be, you know they 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 rate you from how many students you have. So in that way, the IB and Summerlin killed us as far as football goes and no matter what no matter what we do and i think we're going to win district this year i really do kathleen's going to be kathleen's going to be the tough game i agree and um but then you still got to go through lakeland st thomas aquinas are you kidding me yeah yeah so cole let's hold off on your next question because i want to touch on that when i was talking to charlie at the jenkins game at halftime I said, I've seen the Liberty coaches in the stands. I said, and you're leaving now too? You've seen enough? And he said, oh, the Liberty coaches were there. Are you guys playing them this year? And I said, yeah, you guys aren't playing them? He said, no, they, uh, they opted out. So I was like, what do you mean they opted out? And he said, well, you had the choice to either opt out of the playoffs or you wanted to be in the playoffs. So I said, well, when we play them, it doesn't count then because – He's like, no, none of the games really count. It's just everybody's going to be in the playoffs if you opted into the playoffs. So do you know anything about that? I haven't heard. That's the first I've heard about that. Yeah, because early on on the show, I think it was first or second episode, I was kind of breaking down who all was in our conference, Liberty, Poinciana, Jenkins, Bartow. Winter Haven. And Winter Haven. And then 
was like, okay, and looking at it, and they were calling it conference matches. So I'm looking at okay, and we're we've been talking about the showdown with Winter Haven at the end of the season. That's kind of where we see it going. But after talking with Coach Tate, the way he made it sound, it was, it doesn't even matter because they're gonna take your ranking and they're gonna your record and everything. And at the end of the season, because that's why it was eight weeks, they're gonna say okay. You're playing this team, you're playing that team, and you played till you're out, and that, really? that'll be the. So if you could try to find that out and and let yeah, us know, yeah, cause I've I've got the ace guy to do that. Jeff Jeff he's a he's a, a super guy for looking up stuff like that. So I'll I'll have him look that up and or ask him to look it up. While and, Cole's asking that question, look at um if you go to the jackets and go to the conference, there's only like three teams there. So it's it changing. Okay. Yeah. So um, listeners, we will eventually tell you exactly, you know, how it's going to be. But we're looking at it now as showdown against Winter Haven towards the end of the year. We're hoping to be undefeated. And uh, we actually have an intern, uh, Wes. It's a guy that uh, Jen works with. And he has been helping us with getting stats and all this stuff. And he's actually going to go to the Lakeland Lake Gibson game. That way, Monday on the show, he'll call in and we can... You know, get an idea. Yeah, this will be the first look at Lakeland. Yeah, the first look and, and Lake uh, Gibson seems like they better, better strap them up tight because Lake Gibson, Lake Gibson looks like uh, they may be for real this yeah, year too. Well, it, it definitely is going to be a battle of who wants it more at that point because uh, Lake be Gibson, ready. Lake Gibson has you know proved it thus far with two game. And wins, you know, I mean, we don't know what Lakeland's going to look like coming out of the quarantine and, and right. the first game. So um, we'll we'll get intern Wes on the phone next week. All right, go ahead, go. So my third question is, we've talked on the show about Lynn and Randolph John Jr. and other defensive backs and receivers. Who are some players that, who are some players to keep our eyes on that may be turning a corner on a breakout year? Well, uh, I got to get my glasses out for this because I, I do have some <laughs> names and, and some guys that have really impressed me. Uh, Daryl Davis, number two. He comes over from Frostproof. He transferred over from Frostproof. And this is a kid two weeks in a row on the second play of the game. They run a jet sweep with him, and nobody can catch him. You can't get him to the corner. He's the fastest guy on the team. And he's going to score a lot of touchdowns. Well, if you see, uh, they've got Tolly, number 22. He's a pretty good lockdown corner. And they mix him in with Davis. So you'll see Davis playing a lot of corner. They may move Tolly over over to uh, safety at some times and things like that. Uh, but as far as, oh, my word, uh, there's uh, – my, my favorite player is uh, number 21, Josh Holder. This guy reminds me of Justin, my youngest son, uh, who played weak side linebacker, and, and, and Justin played at maybe 145 pounds. And, and just, you know, he led the team in tackles, and, and he was all – county all state and and you just don't see that anymore but this guy goes sideline to sideline he plays the middle linebacker and he's tall and he's thin where's number 21 and he's in or around every play if he's not in it he's coming and you'll see him in the film that's why that's what you look for at the end of the film if they're not in that play you want to make sure that you see their number before that film clicks off for the next play, um, I, I just—if you give me just one quick second—Bass, uh, uh, um, uh, Damian Vass, Damian Vass, number eighty-four. The guy I'm playing—he's playing tight end. And if you looked last week, Bartow went to some conventional offenses last week. They went with a tight end, two backs, and 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 Johnson in the backfield, just two receivers. And uh, they brought Vass out and kind of did a crossing route with him. Johnson rolls out and they throw it so he can catch. But he's also playing defensive end. And they move him inside to tackle when they, when they bring out some of their taller, bigger defensive ends. So, so Vass, number 84, is a guy to watch out for. Uh, and and just, just off the cut, uh, Rainer McKinney. Rainer McKinney. Uh, McKen- McKenzie, the kicker. Okay. Uh, he starts out, misses the first two extra points, and I'm like, "Guy, you're just kicking it too hard. You don't have to kick it 40 yards to, to for an extra point." And then he he, he you you kind of see he just slowed down a little bit. He's just missing left. He hasn't missed missed an extra point since then. He's about five six, five seven. 
and he's kicking them in the end zone. And that is so critical for us because our special teams last year was horrifying. And then, you know, we beat up uh, Lake Region and we say, hey, the kicking team's a lot better. Well, what does Jenkins do? Their only score last week was, was a kick return. Yeah. So putting that ball in the end zone on a kickoff at high school football level yeah. is absolutely critical. Yeah. Speaking of our special teams, I just want to note that our defense has given them zero points this yeah. year. That's, that's, a, that's a great call. You and, did point that out last week, too. And, and just, just a couple of first downs. I mean, nobody's moved the football on us yet. Uh, Jenkins, Jenkins kind of moved it around a little bit, but you, you see these kids. Uh, I don't know who's calling the defensive plays, but they're dialing up. They're dialing up blitzes at the right times and they're bringing them you know a lot of times <coughs> excuse me see the blitzes come from the outside well back when i was playing one of the funnest plays we used to do was a 50 all i call it a 50 all we made a five five man front and then i had three linebackers and when a 50 all was coming we were bringing all three linebackers and you better be getting rid of the ball right now because if not, we're going to torch you. And Bartow's done that a few times. But they're, they're mixing up their blitzes, and uh, they're just they're really looking incredible. And, and uh, I, that's why I think, you know, I don't know how good Jenkins is. I don't care how good they are because I don't like them. <laughs> but um, I, I, we're going to see, we're going to find out this week, Friday night, tomorrow night, which I love Friday night football. It's oh, great, yeah. greatest, greatest night of, night, of, night of my life. I love it. And uh, um, we'll find out Friday night. Yeah, I'm glad you asked that question, Cole, because we've, you know, early on in camp, he wasn't able to get out there with me. I would go by, you know, at lunchtime or whatever, <laughs> and they were out there. And you put your eye test on, you could just see even Cole, the first practice he went to, like he, he picked number out three, number, number three, three, number three, talking about Dayton Randolph, uh, junior, uh, of course, Lynn, Lynn, the running backs. You got Tolly. Uh, yeah. So, you know, learning <laughs> about some of these other players and, and I'll, I'll admit the first couple of games, I was kind of, kind of watching Randolph cause he looks out there like a D one player. Um, you, you've got Jordan Lowry playing one corner and you've got Tolly playing the other corner. And if you'll watch this year, they're playing a little – they play a cover two. And uh, on, a, on a cover two is where you have two safeties deep and the, and the two corners play up tight. That's what you call cutting the field in half, okay? So they've got the, – this safety's got this half, that safety's got that half. And what the corners do is they play outside contain. And so any receiver that runs out, they push him inside. They don't let him get outside him. They push him inside into those uh, two safeties that are sitting back there. And then once they go five or ten yards, then the corner breaks off and he's looking for run or somebody coming out in the flat for a pass. But what Tate has him doing, he's got him playing a little bit further off. They're, they're not playing head up, wanting to get a body on him. And you see these kids dropping back. And they're letting them catch that. The, the last week Jenkins was throwing out in the flat. They catch it for three yards. Corner, corner clocks them, and they're down. You'll give that up. You'll give up that little three-yard pass. Mm -hmm. And if you really lay the wood to him, he's going to be more worried about you than he is about that football. Mm -hmm. But I've noticed these corners have really been playing good. Mm -hmm. The safeties haven't been tested yet, but that's going to happen. Who was the player, um, I'm sure you'll remember, there was a Jenkins had one throw that may have went for ten to fifteen yards, and as soon as the receiver caught the ball, bam, he just got smoked. Yeah, that that was the. Uh, let me find out which one of the safeties it was. Uh, that was that was young kid. Uh, there's two Tollies on the team, mm -hmm. and uh, that was Desarian Tolly. Where's number four? And he's playing that. He's playing one of the safety spots, and I'm I. I I mentioned it after the play. I said, that's something that I used to teach the kids and used to live for. You live for that kill shot. Mm -hmm. When As soon as that guy touches the ball, you just de-cleat him. I mean, you hit him full speed and just try to take everything out of him. Mm -hmm. And I guarantee you, if you ever get that kill shot, uh, it's, it's one you'll never forget. But number two, that receiver won't forget it. Mm -hmm. And the next time he's going across the field, 
he's going to have little bitty alligator arms and he's not going to be reaching for a football. And I'm going to take this opportunity to correct a mistake that I made on one of the episodes. I called the, uh, the Tali's brothers, but they're actually cousins. I thought they were, I told Cole that I, I went out on a limb and said that I thought Shandron Tali was the best quarterback ever to play in bar two. Um, I threw that out there. And I, and I know that that could get a good uh, social media thing going one day of well, who I, the best is. But. You know, I, I love I love Jimmy Austin way back, uh, the 76 team that won the state. Mm-hmm. Uh, he coached when I was there. Yeah, and then he became basketball coach at, at Bartow. He also was his first year coaching at Bartow. Uh, was my senior year of high school. So Jimmy, I know really well. I love him. And, and uh, Jimmy, Jimmy ran the offense pretty well. But uh, Tolly, you know, Tolly didn't have the squad that Bartow had that year in 76. They had everybody. So I might have to go with you on that one with Tolly. Uh-oh. All right. Um, let's talk about the Bloodhounds. We knew it's, we knew it's going to be the toughest game so far. What is their strength and weakness, in your opinion? Uh, well, um, I, I only saw a little bit of film on them, but I, I did pull a little bit of little bit of information. Uh, defensively, they do they run they run the same basic scheme that you're seeing all around in in uh, football now. Four three is is your standard. That's four down linemen, three linebackers, and then four uh, defensive backs. I was taught old school, which you were probably taught. The first thing that you need to do in football is stop the run. If you can't stop the run, you're not going to win. And to and to me, in order to stop the run, you got to have eight men in the box. You've got to have. To me, I used to run a fifty, a fifty, and a forty. A fifty is a five man front. A forty is a four man front. That's that's as simple as it gets. But I used to I used to run a, a five three, and I had. Three defensive backs playing cover three all day long, and we we blitzed and we played that way. But now coaches, they just want to get a little more technical where I don't think you have to be. You don't have to disguise coverages and things. But uh, from from what I've seen, uh, they've got a they've got a linebacker who looked uh, pretty good in the little bit of film that I saw. Uh, let's see. Um, here he is, uh, J.J. McKinley. He wears number 10. He had uh, eight tackles uh, in the game last week. And then they got a sophomore uh, nose man, and, and he's, he's a, he's a good-looking kid, wears number 50. And uh, he gets in the backfield pretty quick. But they're just going to play a pretty standard defense. And when you play a standard defense, a 4-3, it's a matter of, of what coverages you're going to have, which – and <sighs> – I guess that's where speed kind of takes over. There's there's no replacement in the world for speed. No. I don't care how big you are. Uh, speed kills in everything, in every sport, in everything, speed kills. And we have, I believe, the fastest team we've had that I've seen. Oh, my word. I, 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 can't, I can't even mention. This may be the fastest team I've ever seen, including Lynn Johnson. I mean, that cat can go. and um, He can get out of the pocket. Quickly. He can get out of the pocket and, and the he run, can throw man. on the run. I mean, he does everything perfect. And uh, he's he's just really good. But I think uh, they're just going to run a basic scheme at us. They're going to try some different things uh, defensively because they're gonna, they've seen two games on film now. So they see that jet sweep that we run with Davis. And so they're going to have the corners watching out. They send that man in motion. They're going to be hollering right away. You know, jet sweep, jet sweep, jet sweep. Now you got to catch him. Mm-hmm. Now can you catch him? But uh, when you've got, when you've got uh, Maurice Bell running fullback and Baker, who is beautiful to watch, he glides in the hole, glides in and out of the hole. And when you got Baker uh, behind Bell, you you can play power, or you can play speed, and and 
they're just going to have to put a whole – they're going to have to put a great game plan together to stop Bartow. And that's old um, Cole last episode. I, you know, I made a joke saying I was coming for Coach Rob's job because that looks like the, the funnest thing going right now was calling plays for Bartow because they just got so many weapons. And it was one time um, they threw the – the back slipped out of the backfield and Lynn threw it over the defensive end's head and I was yelling, what a play call and the kid from Jenkins came up and made a beautiful stop. Yeah. But I mean, that was a heck of a play call if it would have worked, but you got to give credit to that kid. But it just looks like, you know, if they're, if they're bringing everybody up and throw it to a six, six receiver, you know, it, it's just, he's got so many weapons there that um, it's exciting to watch and, yeah, and I said it this week. I've never seen Bartow this deep. You know, we've always had good players at each position, but if that guy goes down, man, we're in trouble. But we've got we've got eight linebackers. We've got ten defensive linemen. We've got seven or eight defensive backs. We've got five running backs. We've got six receivers. Mm-hmm. we got and, one quarterback. But there's – and there's also, there's also a couple of them that play a couple different positions. Exactly. Number three can play receiver and offensive so lineman. that brings up a good – God forbid, I don't want to jinx anything here, but God forbid Lynn tweaks something during the game. Who would go in? Tolly. Tolly. Yeah, uh, number 22, he, he would go in. He was actually starting quarterback Johnson's freshman year. Okay. And and problem one, Tolly did great. They couldn't take a center a, a snap under center. Yeah. He had like eight fumbles in – Ten plays. It was crazy. And finally, they just went with Johnson, who was lesser of an athlete, but he knew how to run the offense. Uh, at practice, the first one I went to, there was number 16 throwing. I don't, I don't know have, who that is. On it might have been a JV player. Yeah, probably. Speaking of the JV, I think they're playing tonight. Do we have uh, a lot of depth there? And we're not, we're not doing what Coach T did at Ridge, obviously, but do we have some <laughs> – they they won a few ball games last year and and um, w- when you've got when you've got the depth that that Barto has this year, you can allow those guys to play. You can allow those little freshmen that may be a diamond in the rough, a superstar to come. Uh, you can let them play. I mean, my senior year or uh, uh, my last year of coaching, Freddie Stevenson um, and Rico Kwan. They could have both been on varsity, but he left them down to me. And, and Rico wanted to be a safety, and Freddie wanted to be a running back. Coach Killis said, turn them into linebackers. And I had the best set of linebackers in JV history. And and um, it was it was kind of funny because uh, FSU signs Freddie and turned him back into a running back. So <laughs> I'm like, oh, man. But Freddie and I go back and forth on that from time to time. But, uh, you know, it was it was good to have some athletes, and if you've got athletes of any kind, um, my first year coaching on the JV, we had my entire team that we had come up with, and I was a defensive coordinator, and we had Justin, and we had uh, uh, Cook, and we had Dooney, and we had uh, Boom Boom Jones. We had all those guys, and we won we won our first five games. We put fifty five on Winter Haven. And then the hurricanes came. Mm. Yeah, that was the year of Hurricane Charlie and the three hurricanes. And we had to play uh, three games in in like 10 days. And we just got wore out. So we ended up losing a couple and didn't didn't get the championship we deserved. But I think, I think uh, the JV is uh, going to be a pretty good football team. All right. And my fifth question is, how do you feel Bartow matches up against the Bloodhounds? I'm sorry. And give us your prediction of the game. Prediction? <laughs> he may <Pain>. not be. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Bartow matches up against anybody right now. Um, I agree. Totally. Uh, Jenkins came out there with their big boys, their big offensive line, and our defensive line didn't didn't look inferior to mm-hmm. them like we have in the past. And then when when our offensive line came out. The defensive line didn't didn't look bigger than us, and and Auburndale can't be any bigger than Jenkins. They can't. Uh, they may be a little faster. They may have some more talent, but they're not going to be any bigger. So now it comes down to um, uh, speed and execution, and 
Bartow's got two games under their belt. Auburndale got beat up a little bit last week by a really good George Jenkins football team. Or uh, Lake Gibson. Lake Gibson. George Jenkins. <laughs> I can't believe They're I They're on that. your mind. <laughs> <laughs> by by uh, Lake Gibson. And I think Lake Gibson is for real this year. Uh, so this is going to be a pretty good test. And I want I want some of them. I want to get some of them. And uh, I want to do it at home. And I want the big crowd to be there and to cheer on this really good football team. But if I, if I had a prediction right now, uh, I'd say Bartow's going to put 35 on them, and uh, they may get uh, two scores. Mm. 35, you got that, Producer Jan? Mm-hmm. 35, 14. 35. My prediction is <laughs> what? Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, my prediction is uh, 42 to let's give them 13. 13. 13. I they like missed, him. They I like extra this thing. Point, huh? yeah. I'm going 28-17. 28-17. Yeah. Bartow? Oh, yeah. Yep. I, I think that, I just think we, like you were just saying, like they can't be any bigger. I just, I, all I'm going on is the eye test on two games. I don't know much about Auburndale any of these other teams that we're going to be playing other than what you can find on max preps and stuff. But I just think uh, it comes down to execution. Like you said, um, I give it to our coaching staff that, you know, they're going to have them ready. I think that they are going to try, like you said, to, to, to come up with something to kind of slow us down from the outside run. But, you know, I put it on coach and Lynn, you know, they, they're going to throw the ball around and, and, and it's exciting to watch. Um, Lynn, you know, there's been Cole's favorite player so far, but he just, I can't say enough about him. Just the way he, the one play in the game where we had the penalty down inside the red zone, they backed him up 15, and then they, he was scrambling, and that throw he threw, I'm assuming it was a tight end, but it could have been a receiver coming all the way across. But that throw on the run, on the money, the yeah. kid had no choice but to catch the ball. Yeah. So it's, we have that, um, he has that it factor, it seems. And as a junior, and there's a lot of juniors on this team. I mean, I was looking at the roster, and I'm going, man, they, you know, we, yeah. we got something special going. They only graduated about four stars last year, maybe eight overall. And uh, I think Johnson's going to get a lot of letters. Yeah. And I think with his size, uh, he's going to get his college paid for him if he can stay healthy. Uh, I, he, he might not be a Gator. Mm-hmm. Uh, he might not be a Texas A&M. But somebody's going to pay for his schooling, and uh, they're going to be really happy they got a Lynn Johnson. I agree 100%. And, and one thing, you know, I told my boys, they went and played a little college football. They got to play, uh, and, and uh, it doesn't matter if you're uh, SUNY Maritime, Division three college, and you're the starting corner uh, for two years, or you're at Jacksonville University, and you're starting free safety on the JV team. It doesn't matter. You're playing college football, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, it's just a matter of, of being able to move on and get that atmosphere of, of college football, which is which is a wonderful atmosphere. Yeah, he, I definitely think he's on his way, and I, yeah, along with some quite of a few team, others, yeah, yeah quite a oh, few. Oh, absolutely. Teammates. You know, Maurice Bell's brother Monte. I got to coach him. He had a bad ankle on him. Uh, which was a, a chronic uh, ankle injury. And he still got signed by Akron, played four years, got a school in at Akron, played. And uh, he's a beast. Mm-hmm. And uh, Maurice is catching up in size to him now. I was like, man, that can't be Monte's brother and, and this Monte's brother now. Uh, but there's a lot of kids going to be playing on Saturday, and it doesn't matter who you are. And I've talked to Coach Tate a little bit, and as we get going um, further into the season, I, I want to have some of the players on, um, whether it be Via we go to um, hopefully Lynn to the school and set <laughs> up or, or do it by phone. But one of the things that you know, along with Cole training and getting experience doing this, I think it's a great thing for those kids that are looking to go to college to get a little media training, put the headphones on, get asked questions, learn. You know how to handle yourself in that atmosphere, and you know it's good to have on tape too. Yeah. Say, so, hey, I was on this podcast. Good, listen to this episode. The coaches, and it, it's a. There's so many college coaches that won't even let athletes speak to the media. Yeah. You know, so anything that we can do as a, 
you know, a local podcast to help these kids and get them some exposure. We want to do that be as well. Beneficial. Well, one thing they do nowadays is, you know, uh, not everybody's going to get recruited. Not everybody's going to get a letter. But what they do uh, about February, right after signing day, is all these small colleges. They come down at one time and they and they park at uh, PCC or Polk State or whatever. And they look at film. The, the film's all there on all these kids, like a Jack Edmund, a Justin Edmund, and, and all these all these kids. And so there's 10, 12 more kids on your football team, and they get to go in and they get to feel that recruiting atmosphere. The coaches want to talk to them. Hey, I saw your film. I want to talk to you. And so that's a really good thing, too. That's neat. And, uh, and that's how Jack got signed. That's how Justin got signed. Lenore Ryan, actually, out of uh, Hickory, North Carolina, signed Justin. But uh, Kerwin Bell called him the last day and wanted him to come up there and play, and he wanted to stay in Florida. So, uh, But, you know, that's a, it's a great thing where these kids are signing with these smaller schools, and, and they, get, they get to play, and it's just a lot of fun, man. But, uh, and I don't know how much time we've got or anything. Okay, but uh, a couple of years ago uh, when Jake McRae was coaching, we did a Wendy's uh, – um, after, yeah, we did a we, we did a Monday night show, a mm-hmm. football show, and McCray would come up. He'd bring two football players with him, and then of course Coach Jolliffe, the cheerleading coach, who I just adore. She bring in some cheerleaders, so we get those two kids. Uh, we get to talk on. We talk to them a while on the radio. Of course, Jake McCray was always a riot, but then we'd let the the cheer, cheerleaders get on too, and and uh, you know Coach Jolliffe went and two world championships now and and everything else i just i just felt like we got to get them kids on they're superstars yeah well and that like you said you're touching on that and that's exactly why you know we want to get them on because we want to get this community riled up and and pumped up for the team and what better way to get to know these kids it was so much fun getting to know them it really wasn't and and 99 percent of them are really good kids oh for sure and everybody that's listening um i talked to the athletic director today and i want everybody to understand this is not a barto football podcast this is the barto jacket breakdown podcast Cole and myself are not going to be able to go to every swim meet, softball game, baseball game. So I'm trying to get a relationship with the, uh, with the athletic director and understand that, you know, get your coaches involved. If they're interested, you know, email me the scores, how the game went. And then after football season, we want to go to at least one game a week. Uh, we have daughters that play soccer, so we'll definitely be seeing soccer games. But, mm-hmm. you know, we want to go to one game a week. If they make it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but... Um, so yeah, we, and information. So yeah. like trying to get, he's a big stat guy. So I was going to talk to you about, you know, if, if you guys have stats up there that you could share with us, so, you know, rushing yards and stuff yeah. like that. To- um, Jeff, Jeff used to bring his computer with him and he is incredible. He's able to call the play and plug in all every stat, but it was, it was getting so hard on him. It was like, he was almost dreading coming to a game. I said, "Put the computer away. Yeah. Just call the game." But he still writes a lot of stuff down, and, <laughs> and I bet he's—I bet he's got a lot of that information. Uh, but you can always get that from the coaches too, because they watch film and they jot everything down on Saturday mornings when their uh, tackles, runs, passes, passes caught, turnovers, all that stuff. And uh, I just want to mention softball is my second favorite sport yeah. in high school. I I, I just love it. Uh, well, Bartow softball yeah. is just amazing. But those girls are so incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, fundamentally, they're the most sound people in the world. Mm-hmm. They, they've got to be like Jawless cheerleading team because they come in, they don't make mistakes, mm-hmm. and they hit the ball. Mm-hmm. You're talking about training 365 days. Yeah. yeah. And, and I tell you what, the first game I ever did on radio, I'm like, I saw Rutenbar getting into one of them's butt. I mean, he's just giving her the business. And I'm like, he's talking to a girl like that? He can't be doing that. Can't be. Do-. And then I learned Coach Rutenbar, and you're like, oh, okay, that's how he rolls. But um, he didn't cut him any slack. And then Coach Donna Byers came in for a couple of years. She won the state championship. So I got two state championships. That's what, that's what I have on my resume as an announcer. But uh, I, Bart- love, I love softball. Bartow's uh, nickname's Home of the Champions. And, you know, football's turning the corner. Cheerleading, we talked about basketball, state championship. 
Soccer's got great coaches. Baseball team, I don't know too much about, but I hear they're, they, I heard they're, they're good. They got one of the best kids in the state, Jonathan yeah. Vastine. He can play pitch. Uh, he's a pitcher, throws mid-90s, oh, wow. and he's only 5'10". Oh, Cole, you got some hope still. He's, he's, <laughs> he, I, I watched him at Lake Wales last year. He struck out 11 batters uh, oh, wow. out of like 13. And uh, then he goes and plays the best shortstop in the county, and he hits uh, 450. Wow. I mean, he's incredible. He's already he's already that's, committed to Vanderbilt. That's video game numbers. Yeah, uh, it is. It is. But this guy's a video game. He's a video game. If, this year, you and your dad call and and find out from. Uh, oh, my mind is yeah. going blank. We've uh, got so much going on. Yeah, I know. But the baseball coach, and he'll let you know when Vastine's going to be pitching. And that kid's for real. He's worth he's worth the. Four dollars or the whatever to get in, I'd pay. I'd pay ten to see him, but he does. He does have those game numbers, and and he's going to get drafted. Oh, that's exciting! And he's just a junior, so I think oh, this year really? he'll be. A, yeah, this year he'll be a senior, he's a junior last year. Oh, gotcha! But I called his game as a freshman, and I'm like, huh? I mean, he make you speechless as a freshman. Wow, that's exciting! Like that. That's where this comes into play like getting getting excited about the kids and oh yeah the, i get i get goosebumpy talking about these kids i just love it i love sports i love this Barta. year 2020 we need yeah, something been, good yeah, yeah. we need positivity yes um you brought up the kicker earlier ray i've known ray since he was about cole's age from soccer um but i did not know that he's that type of athlete that he is because um, one of the basketball coaches was telling me that ray plays baseball too so he went out and played center field for the baseball. So you got, they ran a little trick play, and uh, you got the, the his dad worried about if he gets hurt for soccer, and you got yeah. the baseball coach on the sideline going, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants that kid to get hurt. Well, I, I remember uh, years ago, uh, Alex Boston was yep. a kid we had. Oh, yeah. And Alex Boston was the number nine baseball player in the country he went out to nevada and this was when baseball wasn't year-round i mean so to be found and be number nine in the country he was going to get drafted in the first round and he played football he was always the first one in the weight room and the last one out every night i'd be i come off the jv field because we finished a lot later and he'd just be coming out of the weight room he wants to be a three-sport star, so he decides to play soccer and blew out his knee. He didn't. He didn't get drafted. He did. Florida State honored his scholarship, and he started three years at Florida State. Uh, but he called Craig and I. We had a baseball school at that time, Craig Allen and I, and and uh, he wanted uh, to come in and do some hitting, so we let him hit a little bit. He wanted to try it out, but he couldn't. He couldn't lose the weight at that point, but. You know, sometimes you stretch it a little bit. I mean, that's a kid that was going to be a multimillionaire, and he's still a great kid, and oh. he's living a wonderful life, and his mother is the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, because he wanted to get three letters, he lost several million dollars. The, so I want to go on record. The, that's the one that you... Yeah, I want to go on record. I was coaching soccer at the time. <laughs> I was just the assistant coach. <laughs> I did not recruit. Sorry about that. I did not recruit Alex Boston to come out, but... but to be kidding around, he was a great kid. Um, and he came out, and the thing about him, Cole, he was, what, six, five? Yeah, he was yes. a big guy. 230 Oh, yeah, yeah. Easy, easy 230. He bulked up to about 275 playing for Florida State. He ran, I'm, I'm just going to say he ran a four or five, okay. But even if he ran a four six, in soccer speed, that's super fast. Nobody could stay with him. Yeah. So we would put him at forward, and we would just play a long ball over the top, and he'd run and blow past everybody. Well, he couldn't <laughs> shoot. Like, he would just kick it. <laughs> and we were we were concerned about him getting hurt, and, and he played goalie. And this is – I'll never forget this. He, the ball was shot to him. He's standing at the goal line. The ball was shot. He can run out to the 18-yard line. He runs out to the 18-yard line, and he throws the soccer ball. To the other goalie. Oh, oh my God. One bounce. Threw a soccer ball from the 18-yard line across the whole field. It bounced one time, and the goalie caught the ball. And after the game, the coach came up to us, and he's like, what in the world? 
what does he eat? Yeah. But he was he was a heck of a goalie. Yeah. And yeah. He could have played any sport he wanted to play. Yeah, and, and he was a heck of a right fielder, too. I, I saw him throw guys out at third base. They just wouldn't take bases on him. He had that much respect. He'd throw a rope from right field to third base. And, you know, in Little League, right field is not the position to be, but you put your best arm in right field. And, and uh, my word, he had a cannon. I never got to see him play baseball, but I heard a lot about him, and um, he was a great kid. He's in the he went into the Navy, didn't he? After yeah. Florida State, yeah, yeah. Whatever he does in life, he's gonna be great. Oh yeah, know. excels. No, no doubt in my mind. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Cole, do you have any other questions? Mm-mm. Well, we want to thank you for coming. You answered all my questions well, perfectly. Well, thank hold you. on, hold well, on, hold on, perfectly. Hold on, just all a moment. I just want to. I want to say the last little bit um Bartow is now ranked number 131 in the state of florida and then auburndale is ranked 126 apparently so there you go so yeah. the game of the week yeah so we're all picking Bartow to win tomorrow night and uh we're looking forward to it we'll be back monday with another episode and we'll talk to intern wes about lakeland and what he thinks about lakeland mm-hmm. um again thank you for coming do i really have, enjoyed it do you have any you know questions or no this tips, was this was, to, this was totally fun I, I mean it's really cool to see you doing this as a family unit mm-hmm. and and doing this for your son I, you know i know he has a lot of fun but and 15 years from now, he's going to be hugging mom and dad around the neck, and he's going to be thanking y'all. And, and he doesn't know that right now. But uh, for what y'all are doing for him is special. And what you're doing for Bartow is special. And anybody that does anything for Bartow, yeah. they've got my heart. Well, you're welcome back Aww, anytime you want. Cry. Oh, Jan. <laughs> She's going to cry. <laughs> All right. Well, once again, we want to thank our sponsors. Uh, they make it happen. Holiday Inn Express, Evolve Lawn and Landscape. Excellence Realty, Elaine Sanders, and Live and Love Local Bartow. And Crosswired. And Crosswired, yes, sorry. Go check them out on Facebook. Tell them you heard about. uh, Thank you to all the sponsors, and thank you to all the listeners. All right, we'll see everybody uh, back on Monday, and hopefully see everybody at the game. Thanks again for being here. It's going to be a great game tomorrow. See you guys there. Peace. Yes, I'm excited. Very, very excited.